you? I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey, you. Welcome back to the Women With Fire podcast. Today's a big day. I get to sit across from the fabulous Kristen Duke. She was born in Louisiana. So were you born in Louisiana? I wasn't born. I wasn't quite born there. I grew up there. Okay, grew up there. And as you know, this is Sarah I get to host today. So excited. And when I can find someone that has this connection and love with Louisiana, I know that we are in for a fabulous interview. So let me tell you a little bit about Kristen. And this is a real biased intro because I follow her on Instagram and she is also a podcaster and we're going to talk all about her podcast and all about her Instagram and everything like that. But the real deal part of Kristen is that she is determined and a force to be reckoned with to keep families close. Every time I see you post, I see you photograph, I see you do so many things. I just feel like it doesn't matter what you do. You are so focused on helping families come together. So I'm going to stop talking. How, how have you nurtured this vision of just wanting families to be close? And maybe I've totally missed the mark. Maybe that's not your goal. But how did this whole idea of using Instagram and books and podcasts to make families better come about? Oh, goodness. You know, you're you're making me already emotional from the beginning because it really is a desire of mine. And it's something that, you know, as I've been blogging and sharing on social media over the years, it, it has changed. I started a lot sharing photo tips. But as the years went by, I kind of got tired of sharing photo tips or I just didn't feel like I, I felt like I was dried up. And I felt like one of my big passions really is families and growing a strong encouraging people to do fun things with their family. And a lot of it started with photography. I say, you know, decorate your house with pictures so that your family can, your kids can grow up and feel their confidence can grow and all of those good things. And really, I just, in the past few years, I thought that's really something that I'm passionate about now is my family and just my oldest is 17 and he's going to be leaving the house in a couple of years. And I just think, what can I do now to strengthen my family? And while I'm doing that, how can I help other people do the same? So was there a particular experience that, that triggered this where you said, oh, I'm, I'm not focusing enough on keeping my family close? Or do you feel like you were kind of born with great examples or mentors or a book sparked an idea or uh, an experience? Or do you feel like you've just kind of, you've been brought to this earth to do this? That's an interesting question, something I haven't really thought much about. I do feel blessed that I grew up in a a strong family, that um, my parents instilled great morals, and we did lots of fun things as a family. You know, we grew up away from extended family, and we would often go back and visit them, but I think we were a super close family because we relied a lot on each other, and I was the only girl with three brothers, and 
you know, though I longed for the, a sister a lot of my growing up life, I'm, I'm still really close with my brothers and that's something that I feel really grateful for and fortunate. And, and so I don't know, I don't know that it was instilled or it grew. I can't necessarily remember a moment where I thought I want to have a strong family. I think, you know, starting a business really was something that while I did it, I thought, I don't want this to be something that takes over my family or jeopardizes my family situation. So I've been very thoughtful and very prayerful all along with, can I do this? Can I do this business? Can I do this thing that I love doing the creative thing and still keep my family close? And I think it's helped me be more intentional because I've had the business on the side that every step of the way I've thought how it's going to affect my family and how maybe I need to compensate a little bit more in ways to strengthen my family because I'm doing this. But I think that's helped me focus a lot because I've had the business as well. So this is so good. I'm so glad that you brought this whole idea up of you've got your family, you've got your business. And I know that there are people listening right now that have that same fire in them that they're wanting to share a message with the world. They're wanting to get it out there. It's gutsy. It's a gutsy thing to do. And their biggest worry is how do I make it so that my kids aren't suffering from this? Or how do I make it so that they can be part of this? Like, have you set sort of rules and guidelines as far as how, how that business works with your family. And this is a great opportunity for you also to tell our listeners if they don't know who you are, which would be crazy, but if they, <laughs> but if they don't know who you are, what exactly you do, tell them about it. Okay. Okay. I've done photography for years. When I was in high school, I've always loved taking pictures. I always had a camera with me and I love taking pictures of people. That was my favorite thing. And when I went to college, I had a professor in a photography 101 class who didn't like the pictures of people that I was presenting and he wanted to teach me about angles and abstract things and I didn't like that. So I stopped photography as pursuing it as a major and I ended up getting my degree in family sciences, which is really what I wanted. The MRS degree, they say, right? I just, I really just wanted to have kids from the time that I was younger. I really just wanted to have a family. And How did I graduate I from BYU and not know what the MRS degree was? Oh, you never heard of that Why have before? I never heard oh, that? That's so funny because when I did family sciences, I was almost embarrassed. I actually had thought I wanted to get a master's and do marriage and family therapy. And I could talk forever about how school is not my strong point. I really, I actually really struggled in school and I feel very grateful that I got a bachelor's degree. I thought I want to be a therapist and then I'm like, whatever, I'm getting married. I'm going to have babies. I'm not ever going back to school again because school is hard for me. So it's funny that I, you know, I wanted to do photography from early on. And right after I got married, I thought, oh, I'll take pictures of friends. I did a couple of engagement pictures here and there, but I really didn't know how to use my camera. And because school is hard for me, I have a little bit of intention deficit. Reading books is hard for me. And I really had to just kind of crack down and force myself to learn how to use my camera. And the best way for me that I learned how to use was other people. And I found an online forum. This was back in 2003, early days of the internet. I found this obscure forum where people were talking about photography and it was exactly what I needed. I can't do books, but I did, you know, this forum that I, people helped me learn. And then fast forward seven-ish years, I had kind of started my photography business doing that here and there. And um, I guess I'll mention here, 
you know, nap time and late at night. I'm a night owl. My husband is not a night owl. So, you know, kids would go to bed. We'd have some time together. I'd kiss him goodnight. And then I'd spend several hours on the computer and try to teach myself how to use my camera and how to edit and all these things. And, and then it was in 2010 that I ended up coming across a creative blog which is the idea room. I don't know if you're familiar with Amy Huntley from the idea. Yes. Room, but, you know, my mom had always done crafting and I thought it was just like, you know, cheesy toll painting and that kind of stuff didn't interest me. So I thought that I wasn't into the creative world in that way. And when I had discovered this Valentine's tutorial of felt and you make it into this wreath and I thought, this is, this is actually really fun. So randomly, I just messaged her and I was like, oh, I love what you have to share. And I'm coming to Utah and I would love to do your family pictures because that was my way of meeting people that I looked up to. You know, I just said, I'll take your family pictures for free just because I want to meet you and get to know you. Like, you're my new best friend because I've met you on this blog. And so luckily, I guess it was early enough in the day for her. She didn't think that was that weird. But um, I met her, took her family pictures and she was like, hey, would you be interested in sharing some photo tips on my website? And I was like, oh, sure, that would be great. So I started sharing photo tips and people were just so hungry for it and so excited and, you know, asking questions and can we get this in printable form? And so did you long know, story short, did you know you were onto something here or were you just like, sure? No, no idea. I just have always been, I'm a little bit of an oversharer. So in one way, it's like, I'm happy to share anything that people you know, people want to hear from me. Well, I'm sure I'm happy to talk and share and do whatever. And it had taken me so long to figure out this photography stuff that when people were responding to my simple breakdown of how to use your camera in manual settings, I was thrilled. I was like, yay, I'm helping some people. I could have used somebody holding my hand, guiding me through. And in this forum, I found that a little bit. I was so excited and overjoyed to just be a conduit to helping people learn how to use their cameras because you know, lots of people want to take good pictures of their kids and just feeling frustrated that they're buying this expensive camera and it's not quite working as they had hoped. And so I was just thrilled to be able to help people and answer questions. And long story short, that led into me producing the book that I have out that I've been selling for, I don't know, seven, eight years of Say No to Auto and then a, an intermediate book of Get Focused. But it was my way of saying, I, I am not a book learner, and this is a very short, concise, dumbed-down version. I don't like saying for dummies, but that's how I learn is don't give me a 100-page book. Give me a 10-page book with, with just the basics. That's how I learn best. Anyway, so that's kind of how the whole blogging journey started, and I did photo tips, and then I kind of ran dry of photo tips, and but I was sharing our travels and my favorite recipes and decorating with pictures and that kind of became a passion project for me is how to help people get ideas to decorate their home and I have hundreds of posts on my site from myself and then I would have guests people share how they decorate with pictures and just how I believe that it brings your family closer together to have your home filled with pictures because your kids are seeing we're a team and you know my kids still love to look at pictures of themselves and to have it all over our home I feel like really builds a sense of self-worth and a family. And so that's something that I really enjoy. So that's <laughs> so the message has always been the same. I mean, regardless that you're now podcasting and talking about parenting and posting about your family, it years and years and years ago was, and I'm not trying to date you. That's not at all what I'm saying. Oh, that's okay. I'll take it. But, um, yeah. but the message has always remained the same. 
I, I guess so. If you, if you think of it that way, I guess when I was going to blogging conferences, I was mostly introduced with people who did a lot of the crafting and holiday stuff. And people were like, photography is your thing. And my domain is Kristen Duke Photography. And I thought, but I want to do so much more. I don't want to just do photography. I want to share positive messages about the importance of a family dinner. And, you know, so I've done recipes here and there, and that's definitely not my thing, but it has always tied into that. And I've kind of shifted gears a little bit into family, but yeah, it started with the pictures, but it has always been family. Yes. So what would you say? So we often will reach out to our Facebook group and ask them what they would ask you. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay, she's getting okay. put on the spot. There's no prep work done here. This is the real hey, deal. You know what? I'm best off the cuff, actually. If you want me to prepare something, that's actually harder for me. That's too scholarly. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, this is a great fit for you then. Okay, so we have got a member here, and we do keep it anonymous, but we have no doubts that she'll be listening to you since she reached out. And she wants, basically, she wants, it's a little bit long, so I'm just going to paraphrase it. So she wants to do what you do. She okay. believes that there is great worth in sharing the power of family, motherhood, traditions, travel, being together, and she feels like her life is pretty boring. Okay. How can you create an Instagram phenomenon or a website following if you feel like your life is boring and that's what you're wanting to share? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, first of all, I say there are no boring stories. And like I said, I interviewed a couple of people, friends that they're saying, I don't know that I have anything to offer. I'm just a, a regular mom. And I'm thinking everybody has something to offer. I would love to be a fly on the wall of anybody's home just to be able to observe and see, you know, how they do things, how we all do things is a little bit different. And I think we can all get ideas from how one person does something and kind of say, oh, I can adjust how I'm doing something. And I like that idea and I'm going to take that and I'm going to try and just shift a little of the way that I'm doing something. So first of all, I think everybody has something to offer. Second of all, I will admit it is hard, I think, to break into the influencer community starting right now. I started a long time ago. I've had a following. I started Instagramming in 2011, not even knowing that it was a social sharing. I was just uploading pictures and, you know, right from when it started. And so I even have a handful of teenagers I have the opportunity to work with a lot of teenagers and, and younger kids at church and um, I have definitely heard people whispering of my, my, my numbers and I often say this is a business and I've been doing it quite a while I mean I've been on Instagram as a social media person for at least five years I started in 11 but you know five six years and I'm not having a lot of growth right now it's definitely slow and I think oh well if I had a baby if I had a baby and was taking pictures of my baby, maybe then my Instagram following would grow. Or, Re you know, if I was have traveling. Babies, right? <laughs> yeah, it seems like I'm definitely older than a lot of the, quote, influencers sharing family stuff. And that's part of why I get excited about this podcast is, you know, I've got almost three teenagers. I've got two. And a lot of the influencers that I see talking about families have younger kids. And that's not the stage that I am. And I think there surely there's got to be, you know, a need or a niche for people to talk about the older kids. And, you know, even if they have younger kids, I loved talking to people with older kids when I had younger kids because I wanted to plan ahead. I wanted to be thinking and planning what it is that I want to do once I have teenagers. And so I think 
but yeah, sometimes I lament, oh, if I had a baby and was taking all these cute pictures of babies, then maybe my Instagram would <laughs> grow a little bit. Because really, I go backwards a lot too. I mean, I was, you know, 200 more. I, you know, I love seven. So this is really weird and going off on a tangent, but I was at this landmark number and then I've gone back and I'm like, man, if only I could just get back to that seven, I just missed the seven. And so it's, it's kind of depressing sometimes too, to go backwards and realize I don't have cute babies. I'm not showing, you know, white background of a beautiful home that, that a lot of people are growing with. But I feel like when I wanted to switch gears from photography and people were saying, Oh, you know, it's going to hurt if you had a niche like photography, like that's how you've grown your following and people are going to, you know, go a different direction or they're not interested in following you anymore because you always talked about photography. And I thought, I don't care. I want to talk about this. If people are falling off because I'm not talking about photography anymore, I'm not going to talk about photography just because it's supposed to like, quote, grow my following or, you know, I want to be myself and myself doesn't want to talk about photography all the time. I want to talk about families and I want to talk about something else. And if that's the case, then so be it. And I'll miss those people. But that's just not where my passion is. And I want to do what I'm passionate about, or it's not going to be fun for me anymore. That's such an awesome message, because it it really overemphasizes the power of quality followers over quantity followers. And that if you are burned out and sick of doing the photography stuff, how worth it is it to you to just day in and day out? It's like, why did we do this for anyway? Ah, and I just I just couldn't even think of anything. I'm like, I have talked about every angle of photography that there is possible to talk about. I can't, I don't even know where to go anymore. So, so that was I'm your done. sign. That was your and sign. Not that I'm done, but I, I definitely talk about different things from time to time, but yeah. Sure. So one of the other things that we had a couple of listeners ask us to ask you about is how you have come to terms with sharing your kids visually online and protecting okay. your kids online. I think that's a pretty valid question and one that's been talked about probably over and over you've got older kids which you mentioned how have you and your family made decisions about that okay I've got lots to say I'm going to try and pare it down as much as this is great because they asked they want to know know. well I love it I I love that people are asking questions that's fun um I always say hey ask questions I'll I'll answer anything so first of all when I kind of started sharing there were moments of, um, you know, when social media became big and people are like, don't put your name online, don't put your pictures, faces online. And there were moments that I definitely had of panic. You know, you often think like my worst fear is my child being snatched, you know, or, you know, I, I thought a lot of those things a lot in the beginning. And my husband is a very private person and he has really been patient with me over the years. You know, I shared our love story on my website and he was like, I'm not so sure about this. And I'm like, it's just a great story to share. And like, it's so important for me to people to realize we had kind of a lot of back and forth during our, our dating and it was quite emotional. And I, I, the message I want people to get was it's not always love at first sight and people need to recognize and know that. And I had so many great, you know, responses of people saying, you know, thank you for sharing whatever, that was helpful. So I, I've, I've been able to convince him, I guess, of the importance of sharing, because I believe strongly that it blesses other people. But there was a moment where I, you know, was nervous. And I thought, do I listen to these voices that are saying, be careful, basically be fearful of your child being snatched? Or do I go with what I truly believe in? And is that sharing 
blesses other people's lives. And I was really prayerful about it for quite a while. And I remember I had a really spiritual experience that basically said, you know, you are doing good and you are sharing a great message. And I was able to feel this peace. Did I get a hundred percent promise that my kids are never going to be kidnapped? No, I did not. But I felt this peace that allowed me to say, okay, I need to stop being fearful about this and be able to share goodness because that is my goal. And that's what I want is for people to share or to recognize the things that I'm sharing are to try and encourage, you know, a happy family. And, you know, as my kids have gotten older, um, part of it is they know that they have their teenage friends are following me on social media, but I have to check with them before I share any pictures. It mostly, I have one child that doesn't want to ever be on video. So if that child is on video, it has to be pre-approved. And I totally support that. I don't ever want them to feel like I'm quote selling them. Um, I'm not, yes, I make money as a blogger, social media, um, not as much as some people might think, but it's not about that for me. I, I, I want to share family and they're good kids and they're, they love each other. My kids have a great relationship and um, I want to show that, but I know that there's some things that I would never be able to show just because they would be in, feel insecure or whatever about it. So I definitely have to get pre-approval for some things and, oh, my face looks weird or no, you can't post that because of this. And I'm like, ugh. And sometimes I'll say, please. <laughs> it's so cute. It's such a cute picture. And sometimes I'll get a fine. And then I'm like, okay, if they're saying fine to that, that's not a yes. And I need to be respectful of that. And as much as I want to share that, they're my number one and they're what I want to focus on. So so do do they want to do what you do? What do they no. think of this? What do they think? Um, so I have two boys first, and I think I think boys are a lot more level headed about things and social media, and you know they don't they're not sharers as much I think as as girls are in general. So they like the free stuff that we'll sometimes get every once in a while, like oh we got you know this free or that free, and you know I and, and I explain to them all the time, you know this is a business these numbers. I talk a lot about likes and I mean, we've had a lot of social media discussion, which needs to be a continuous discussion. I've said, you know, you don't just let anybody follow you. If you don't know them, like you're not, you're not a business like me. You're not just going to have people follow you just so you can have another number on your Instagram account. And you know, it's hard when you see one friend who has 500 followers and you're sitting there with your, you know, hundred friends and I mean, it's a, it's a mental game that I think everybody goes through adults and kids. And, um, I've really tried to have the discussion with them of, you know, numbers don't mean anything, but everybody knows that numbers mean something to, at, at some point, it's hard to convince yourself, I guess, that especially their young minds, that those numbers don't mean anything, whether it's likes or followers or whatever. But my oldest actually just shut off Instagram because he was just tired of it being a times for himself, which I applauded. And I didn't even know he did it until a week or so later. And the other ones just kind of follow meme accounts, just funny stuff. And I think, I think it's more of a concern for girls, at least for my girls and just talking about what are you following? How do you feel when you follow it? And really sitting through with them as they scroll through and helping them decide how to comment 
in the best way and try not to get your feelings hurt. And I say, you know what? I get my feelings hurt when I see friends of mine doing something that I wasn't invited to also. That's a normal feeling. And just kind of trying to give them the tools a little bit to navigate the social media world as a teenager because I can't imagine. And that that's half the battle there is having a, a parenting team that's willing to navigate it, that's going yeah. to discuss it and talk about it and how do we comment the best way. And I know that that hurts feelings and I'm sorry you feel that way. I've felt that. And I just love lucky kids, lucky kids, Kristen. Uh, no, I, I still think I heard something the other day. I'm like, oh, I need to talk to him. I actually asked my youngest daughter, she's eight. She likes to follow these YouTube accounts. And I thought, you know what? I never thought about if she feels envious. I've never asked them if they feel envious of other people's lives. Cause I thought they were mostly just following their friends. So I asked her, do you ever feel envious of any of the things that they're doing? Or, you know, do you wish it was your life? And she was like, you know, one time they had donuts and I wished that I could have donuts too. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, if that's our biggest concern right now, then I think we're okay for now. Eight but, is a um, great age. Oh, yes. Box but, it up and love it. It is. She, she's, she's cute. But I do, I do think probably as time goes on that they – the girls will be more concerned about social media maybe than they are now. Wow. So anyway, back to the question, sometimes they do say, mom, you're famous. And I'm like, I'm not really, I look at all of these other friends of mine that have way more Instagram followers than me. I am just, just a regular old person. <laughs> you, you know that there's nothing interesting about me. But this is what's so great is that you are speaking to that member of our group that is saying, I feel really ordinary, but I feel like, I want to share that being a mom is awesome. And yeah. even though my day is pretty boring, I still feel pushed and prompted to do this. And I think that that is a message in and of itself that... Yeah, don't turn away from that prompting. Mm -mm, I've learned that enough over the years of if you've had a prompting to do something, don't push it away. Even if even if you start small, reach out to me. I, I always say, let's... Let's all band together. I like banding together with other people who have similar messages and want to share. You know, if you've got enthusiasm for what you do, people need that enthusiasm. I didn't realize, I didn't realize so many people, guests don't have the same enthusiasm for families or mothering or whatever. And so sometimes I feel a little guilty about it. This sounds bad, but I just posted something yesterday. Something that I'm passionate about is not having too many weeknight activities because I like having you know, my kids close to me in the evening and us just kind of working together. And I know that some people, I feel guilty sometimes when I'm sharing something that's like, I feel like is a positive message and other people are thinking to themselves, well, I don't do that. Or how am I supposed to do that? Or how does she do that? Sometimes I worry that my positivity makes people feel bad, partly because I, I've talked to friends in the past that have said, you do all of these things and I get mom guilt when I realize that I'm not doing all those things. And then it makes me almost pull back. Like maybe I don't need to share so much or maybe I don't need to share so much positivity because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings by sharing positivity and they're not feeling that. And I thought, Oh my, I can't, I can't, you know, if they're feeling bad about themselves for sharing positivity, then they need to unfollow me. And I'm totally okay with that because I don't want anybody feeling bad about themselves. When well, that's, share. that's the ticket right there. That little sentence that you said is, you know, you've got a message, you're trying to stay very authentic and you're sharing your life and you're working hard at finding your way to keep your family close and your marriage close and all those things. And the reality is if they, if, if followers are feeling a certain way when following you, 
the solution is to unfollow. That's what right. we've got to teach kids, it is. right? Whether it's somebody sharing a happy family or somebody sharing a beautiful home, if you don't if you don't feel good about yourself when you're looking through somebody's Unfollow. Unfollow. Totally just give yourself that allowance to unfollow. Yeah, that is so fascinating to me because I do think really good things can be out there, but they're still not the best things for us and that we've got to be sensitive to that and and make that decision. What works for you. Love. I love, love, love that message. That's so great. And now a small break. A word from those who make this podcast possible. podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash entreport to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. So tell me this, um, we have a lot of followers who are at the beginning of their businesses or their desire to build their influence. And we've talked about the importance that every kind of woman can have an influence in some way. Most of them that are listening feel like that they're on the smaller growing end of things trying to get this built. So talk to them about the back What's going on in the background of your business? How have you monetized this? How are you getting free stuff in the mail? That's pretty cool, right? And we do, we do talk a little bit about this. We've trained on Instagram. We've done some other things. But how? what does the back end look like for you specifically? I told you we'd well, get kind of personal, right? No, this is no, the nitty gritty. I'm, I'm totally fine talking about things. And I, have a, I wrote a post on my site several, uh, three-ish years ago that's the business of blogging and it's three part. And I say, I don't, I'm not, I'm okay talking about money. It's not hard for me. It's not awkward for me. And you know, it's one of those things that I think as a fellow business person, until you kind of get a grasp for what numbers mean and how much people make for this. I mean, when I get together with other bloggers, we do talk about money. And I think sometimes we dance around it a little bit, but I think you can't understand what you're supposed to be, I guess, getting for what you have, unless you talk to other people. Really, my biggest tip is to form a tribe. And that is something that I think has been spread throughout many different blogging conferences that I've gone to. And I'm grateful that when I went to my first in 2012, I met with some other people that are still part of my inner circle, I guess you could say. And though they'd share different messages, you know, some are just food bloggers or some are home decor bloggers. But, you know, we'll have a text thread going every once in a while, like, oh, this is a sponsored post. Would you mind just giving a little comment on it and just kind of help? I scratch your back, you scratch my back. And um, I think having a tribe, whether it's five people or 10 people and finding people of similar levels of you, whether they're just starting out 
or, you know, maybe have a similar following as you, then that's really, I've done this by myself. I don't have a business partner. I don't have other people that are working on this with me. And so I've had to figure out a lot of things out myself. And just like when I learned my photography on that forum, I've been able to figure out things, not because I'm reading all the blog articles about how to do this and that and the other, but through the conversations that I have with these other women that either when we get together or whether it's a Facebook group, sharing each other's stuff, you know, we've got pin groups where we're pinning each other's content and Instagram pods where if we feel like we need a boost for something, we can say, Hey, this needs a little bit of an extra boost. Can you help me out here? And sometimes I think that can be hard, but I really am a big advocate of whether it's a blogger or something else, finding if there's a conference that you can go to, that that's a great way to meet other people and it can be intimidating, but it's worth the intimidation factor to put yourself out there. Or even if it's just reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, I saw that I really like your website. We had, we're, seems like we have the same number of following. What do you think about collaborating, whether it's swapping to share posts with each other or collaborating, do a follow Friday and share a little bit about them. Um, but don't, don't necessarily reach out to people. Like if you're you there with 2000 Instagram followers, don't reach out to the hundred thousand Instagram follower and say, Hey, do you want to shout each other out? Sure. I don't know. I'm always, but I think commenting and showing support to people goes a long way too. I'm a big I, I love commenting on other people's stuff. And I think that's a great way to kind of form relationships with people that you may not otherwise know or sending messages and loyalty wins. So form a tribe. Form yep. a tribe. Yes. You can just chit chat with other people. And I don't know. Did I answer the question in full or was there? A, I think that that's a, a great, that's a great way for them to get started and, and to give them some, some real good parameters to say, find yeah. your oh, level. You that's about the free stuff. Yeah. Part of, part of that is partly also at conferences, meeting with brands, they'll go to conferences. There's different apps. I can't think of it now. There's one on Instagram, not on Instagram. Well, it's an app collaborate, I think is one of it collab or with the number eight and you kind of sign up. And then if you have an Instagram following, then they'll say, Hey, we've got these, this item that we want to promote or this item. I actually get free stuff less now because I'm getting paid for stuff, you know, so the free stuff isn't as prevalent. So talk to them, talk to them about that. Cause that happens. That happens. And I think we get really excited. Like, Oh, the free stuff rocks, but there does come a point when you talk about sponsored posts or promoted posts, like what does that transition look like and educate them? I'm trying to think there are different platforms. I'll have to think of some and maybe share them. Maybe you can share on a post or something. There's different platforms. If we're talking about blogging specifically that you can sign up. I'm trying to think pollinate was one and Isaiah is one. And there's several other that you can just, everybody can sign themselves up and then they kind of take into account or you can apply. There's so many now that you can apply for different campaigns and they'll kind of look at what you have to share and say, okay, we're offering this much. So when I first started, I was, I remember when I was paid a hundred dollars for a blog post and I was like, I have arrived. I am getting paid $100 to write about something that I was already fine to write about. And then there became a point where I was like, okay, this is actually a lot of work. This is a lot of writing. This is photographing. This is formatting pictures and you know, four to five hours of work, hundred dollars started to sound less and less appealing. And so, and then as I was talking to other friends, they're like, oh, you're only asking a hundred, you could totally get away with 200. Oh, 
Interesting. Okay. So it's really having those conversations and saying, yeah, I, I did a similar thing and you could, you could totally get paid three. Oh, 300. Oh, interesting. And I remember like, it just started to creep up just like over time as I was doing it, I just wasn't wanting to do it as much anymore. And I thought, well, I mean, this person's asking more for it. And it's like these companies, they have money. And if you're going to do it for a hundred dollars, they're totally happy for you to do it for a hundred dollars. But if you just say, my price is this, then they'll say, okay, they'll either say, okay, or they'll say, no, thank you. Or you can negotiate somewhere in the middle and you decide, do I love this brand enough that I'm willing to go down a little bit? And so over time, I think I just was creeping it up a little bit. And sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to do this that much. I'll just throw this higher number out there. And if they take it, then I guess I'll just be making more money. And that sounds great. And if they don't, then I'm totally fine. But there's definitely were times where I, I, I kind of, I did a campaign for Listerine and I remember being excited about it and getting the money for it. And then after it, I was like, why did I do a blog post about Listerine? I mean, I don't know. Everybody needs to make their mouth fresh. But I think there was a point where I realized and I did like a printable for the bathroom or something, you know, so I tried to make it into encourage your kids to brush their teeth and all this stuff. But I took pictures with my kids and then they were like, actually, we don't want kids in the picture because Listerine, like, you know, there's the pink one for kids that are for younger kids, but Listerine is like an adult thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to reshoot this. And then I just was like, why did I do this? I wasn't even excited about Listerine from the beginning, but I did it anyway. So anyway, we, so there's just trial thinking. and error. We always share quotes from the podcast, and I think yours is going to be, everybody needs fresh breath. That's, that's oh, your goodness. quote. I don't know about that. <laughs> Hopefully that is not the nugget. That I'm dying. <laughs> but but it like, does, it is a teaching moment, though. Everybody yeah, needs fresh breath. Like, that's true. But you were, you, you had a source of conflict that was saying, this may I not be what did. I want to do. Yeah. And I mean, not to say there's anything wrong with people taking on stuff like that, but I think it was just, I had done it for a few years and I was at the point where I was like, and and they say this at the conferences, you know, when you're working with brands and you want to have this authentic voice and do things that you're passionate about. And you know what? Dental health is important to me, but maybe it's not something I'm passionate about. So So I don't know. And I still, yeah, yeah, there's and I do feel like, well, I didn't just say, hey, Listerine is great. Check it out. I made a printable and it was cute and people can hang it in the bathroom. So I tried to form it into my audience and, you know, encourage your kids to have good health and whatever. But that is one that I think of like, eh. and I did pitch higher because I wasn't as excited about it. And then they accepted it. And I'm like, OK, I guess I'm doing this now. This but is then great. I tried to really be passionate about the brands that I work with because I don't want to push things on people that I'm not as excited about. I think the thing that is is coming so full circle for me is that you are the master navigator. Just, this is so good to hear about the Listerine experience, the fresh breath experience, because that was a moment where you had to re-navigate and, you know, making decisions about including your kids or not. And that was a decision you had to navigate and deciding to switch from photography more to family things and and home things, that was a decision to navigate. Your photography education, I think it's so critical that our listeners hear the the navigation yes. end, not the win-win-win, right? Right. Yes, there's been a lot of renavigating. Even when I put out this photography course about a year and a half ago, I got this idea and I thought, oh, I'm going to do a little bit more photography again. I still have this big audience of photography and, but I really wanted it to be, what did I call it? I can't even think of what it's called. Uh, the Camera Academy for Moms. 
because I wanted it to be not just about how to use your camera, but how to photograph your kids and your family in this creative way. And that it's not just the basics of using your camera, but let's get creative. And here's some different settings like sports inside and sports outside and your camera's different settings for each one. And yeah, I remember taking on different things that I thought, okay, this is crazy, but I, I sometimes like to self-inflict really super challenging things on myself. Like I can do this. And if I put my mind to it, I don't commit to a lot of big things. Like I say about um, New Year's resolutions, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I like to think that, you know, if I need something to, to self-correct myself, I'll just do it any time of the year. But when once I decide to do something, I'm like full on all, all force going into it. So yeah, that the the camera course that I did was another like, okay, this is maybe a little bit crazy. But yeah, re-navigating and just kind of thinking, I want to do something with photography again. I'm not sure what, why don't I do a course? It'll be a lot of work up front. And then I'm actually kind of restructuring it. I sold it as a course and I'm going to restructure it and sell it as mini lessons. So that, because some people, while I was selling it, were like, can we just buy certain things? And I'm like, it's just one thing right now. It's this course for the whole thing. So I took that and I thought, okay, it's been a year that I've been thinking of doing it. And I'm kind of finally starting to do that right now so that people can, it can be more affordable for the things that they really want to learn. Amazing. Got a thousand things, girl. I think it's so awesome. Uh, (laughs) It's so great. It's crazy, but I do feel like I operate better under chaos for some reason. I don't know why. Own it. Run with it. Um, just in closing for our for our interview, what is your message to women today across the world? So think about this. If you quite I literally really have just... 10 seconds to sit across from someone, what's your message? Oh, I think a lot of times we need to work on ourselves and work on the things that, you know, look inside yourself and say, do you, if you have a problem, if you have a confidence problem or if you feel like you are someone who's comparing yourself a lot to other people, I think that is a hard way to live and raise a family because I think you're constantly thinking of what you don't have instead of focusing on what you do have and look around at, you know, I always say, have a, have a gratitude book, maybe, maybe write words down every day of the things that you're grateful for. If you recognize that Maybe you feel more envious than others, whether you're building a business that isn't quite as successful as someone else's. I recognize my business isn't as successful as a lot of other of my blogger friends. And I recognize it, but it doesn't consume me to the point of sadness or, you know, it it kind of a thing. Well, it is what it is. And maybe if I tried harder, maybe if I did spreadsheets like they did, or, you know, maybe if I did some of these things and it could be, but I, I feel content with myself and my business and where I am. And I think that allows me to focus, to focus on my family because I feel content. I feel, I do feel blessed that I grew up in a family that helped me be content with myself early on. And so I feel like I didn't have as far to come as maybe some people who might have that more of a challenge, but I think we're better able to focus on our family when we can feel a little bit more peace about our own selves. And so I challenge people to find what it is that they're lacking be prayerful about it. Ask Heavenly Father for strength to guide you to feel at peace with yourself so that you can be a better mother and help guide your family to bringing them closer together. Kristen, wise words, wise words. I'm so grateful <laughs> that you would join us today. Talk to us all about 
navigation, the things you've changed and tried and what's worked and your message and um, how we can be better focused on our families. Thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you. I feel grateful that you asked me. It's a great opportunity to really think hard about some things and hopefully this has touched some people. I'm always happy for you to reach out to me and ask more questions. I feel delighted to be asked. So thank you for asking me. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women with Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women with Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women with Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women with Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.